Welcome to our Roots Say That We're Sisters podcast. This podcast series is sponsored by the Marquette Forum with support from Marquette University's Office of Institutional Diversity and Inclusion and the Haggerty Museum of Art. It's an extension of a Marquette University mural project to highlight and uplift diverse women-identified individuals whose images and contributions have been systematically made invisible. The artist, Mauricio Ramirez, used photographs of BIPOC women associated with Marquette as inspiration for the images in the mural. The Our Roots Say That We're Sisters podcast preserves the stories of female-identifying students, faculty, staff, and alumni who've used their gifts to make a meaningful impact on others, especially those who remain unsung heroes. I'm your host, Sheena Carey, from the Diedrich College of Communication. Joining us today is Sister Anne Arabome. Associate Director of the Faber Center for Ignatian Spirituality. Welcome, Sister Anne. What's the story you'd like to share with us today? Thank you, Sheena, for, for having me. I'm delighted to be here with you. I would like to share my story as it is. That's the reason I'm here anyway. So I identify myself as a beloved child of God. This identity is what has shaped my personality and um, outlook in life. Actually, until I came to the U.S., race was never paramount for me as a personal um, identifier. So as a Nigerian-American, what matters more to me is our shared identity as persons who uh, sort of nurture a common desire for life and love, and joy and laughter, community and belonging. So back to your question, I want to share my story of being a, a child of God of African descent. How did you get onto your path? Well, as I said, I am a child of God and I'm a woman religious. So I belong to um, a very small community called uh, the Sisters of Social Service in Los Angeles, California. So my vocation to religious life began in my childhood. Um, so as a child, I wanted to give everything to God and to the church. So my world sort of revolved around the church and um, a sense of intimacy with God permeated everything I did. So I think I owe this, this strong religious consciousness to my solid Catholic upbringing. Um, so I, I grew up as the oldest of, of 10 children in a deeply religious home. Uh, I remember I was waking up every morning, every day, to the vigorous and joyful sound of my mom playing the tambourine. My siblings and I would sluggishly go to the living room, we'll kneel and lay our heads on the couch for prayer, which was actually an extension of our unfinished sleep. So my dad sort of presided and my mom led the prayer of petitions and, and invited each one of us to add a petition. So besides that, my parents prayed the rosary every day without fail. So this upbringing sort of set me on a path toward my vocation as a religious woman and the kind of work I do today. 
So your identity as, as a religious woman is, is, has really informed the choices that you've made. Um, are there other ways in which your identity has informed your choices? Yeah, I, I think uh, I keep stressing the, the, part, the fact that I'm a beloved child of God, you know, so I desire to give life to others. Uh, I truly desire to, to be life-giving as much as humanly possible, you know. Um, for example, I, I consider my job at the Faber Center for Ignatian Spirituality as a life-giving ministry uh, because I am a child of God. So I see that same identity in every woman, a man, or child in, in my everyday life. So that is why every decision I have ever taken, every path that I have trod, was inspired by my desire to sort of uh, find God in all things and people and to lead others to God. So I, I think it's all uh, because of this direction that God has set me. So this next question is kind of two-pronged. Um, what's been Marquette's impact on the lives of women of color? And in what ways has the university impacted your sense of self-worth? Well, let me be honest. <laughs> I think it's a struggle it's a struggle for a woman of color to be noticed and respected and um, invited to share. Unless, of course, if she's seen um, as a powerful or influential person, that's true in Marquette as it is everywhere else. But the encounters that I've had with um, faculty and staff have been mostly fulfilling. Um, each encounter has sort of offered me the opportunity to to discover and share my giftedness, to share the beauty of who I am uh, and the gift of my ministry as, as Sister Anne, as I'm known by many. So what are some of the women of color who have inspired you, Sister Anne? Well, Shina, let me see. I think of you, Shina. I've always admired you when you showed up. You showed up for some of our programs and how you shared so freely and honestly. You know, your presence sort of reminds me of the freedom that each person needs to feel and experience in their lives. You know, sometimes you, you might even be the only woman of color who shares in the group and you are never intimidated. So I find you inspiring. You're real. I'm also, I'm also inspired by one of my Marquette sisters, Edith Hudson. I'm moved by Edith's deeply contemplative disposition and her ability to be present to God, even in her demanding uh, responsibility as the chief of Marquette University Police Department. She is an inspiration for me as well. We're hoping to get her one day. <laughs> Hope you do. So we get her coming in I think you should. <laughs> um, what role has vulnerability played in your own story? For instance, challenges you may have faced or ways in which you've overcome those challenges? Yeah. So my experience of racism and exclusion is a constant source of uh, desolation and lamentation. Uh, and and it happens in so many subtle ways, you know. Yes, I cry when it happens, but I make sure I rise to the height of my dignity as a woman of color 
um, this sort of negative experiences teach me to be more empathetic and inclusive in my relationships. Um, let me share an experience with you. There's a sculpture of a black Jesus. I don't know if you've been to the Jesuit retreat house in Oshkosh. So there's this sculpture of a black Jesus hanging in the chapel in the Jesuit retreat center in Oshkosh. Whenever I go there, I sit and cry, just gazing at this Jesus, who for me is an image of black folks and people of color. Head bowed, humiliated, and demeaned. I know this experience. I have been there. It is hard to win as a person of color. You are either judged or me as mean and angry or dismissed as irrelevant and incompetent. But we can't give up, can we? It is an ongoing struggle to be seen, heard, and given due respect. It is a struggle. What role have other women of color played in helping you negotiate these vulnerabilities? Yeah, as I said, I have encountered so many wonderful women of color. Uh, they have influenced me as much as I have influenced them to carry themselves with dignity and pride. So my African Nigerian heritage is a source of belief in the beauty and the confidence and joy of my identity as an African woman. Uh, sadly, my country, Nigeria, has forced many of its gifted and competent women and men to immigrate to the West uh, because of bad governance. So despite all the negative stereotypes, I believe in my roots as an African Nigerian woman. So I celebrate it and I showcase it in all, in all that I do. So I, I hope that the way I sort of carry my identity and live my vocation will have a positive impact on other women of color. So you've anticipated my next question there. Are there, um, are there other, is there more impact or additional impact you'd like to have on women of color here at Marquette or, well, or beyond? Well, that's, you're talking about the future, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, my hopes for today and for, and the future hopefully is that, that is yet to come, is that all of us, all of us will grow in the consciousness of our calling to walk with each other, to walk each other home to our deepest self and to God because we need each other. You know, we're not here. We're actually here not for ourselves but for others. You know, in Africa, we, we speak of the virtue of Ubuntu. That is sort of a recognition of the humanity, dignity, and grace that dwell in each human person created in the image and the likeness of God. So my life is connected to yours. It doesn't matter who you are because we share a common humanity and we are called to care for one another, especially the least and the marginalized. So my hope is that we will, all of us, will open our hearts and sort of lend a helping hand to lift up everybody Everybody who belongs to this circle of life 
in the spirit of Ubuntu. So that's my hope for the future, for now and for the future. So what would you like the community to know about you and your journey specifically? Well, I'll keep it short. I would like everyone to know that I have gifts to offer and that I am also open to receiving and learning. Uh, this belief is what animates my, my daily living, my personal journey, uh, and my professional ministry. So let us value the roots that we share and celebrate the shared humanity that holds us close to these roots. A perfect ending. Thank you, Sister Anne, for sharing your story with us today. You're welcome, Sheena. It's been a pleasure sharing with you. Your story stands as a testament to the amazing stories in our community yet to be uncovered. Our roots say that we're Sisters Podcast and The Mural Project seek to make these stories visible. Again, thanks to our sponsor, the Marquette Forum, Marquette's Office of Institutional Diversity and Inclusion, and the Haggerty Museum of Art for your support for this project.